this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight Hello and welcome to, I mean, what I hope is a completed episode of uh, episode 131. We talked about it in uh, the 27 Dresses episode. This is the forever cursed Life as a House episode. Joining me finally here today are... OG Sam. And Renee. We have been trying to do this episode for a while now, even longer than I thought, because we originally were going to do it in November, weren't we? Yeah. I think. And then Sam, you were busy and you were like, oh, go ahead without me. You're like, that doesn't seem right. This is <laughs> So it got moved to January. And then I was like, what if instead I did all Patrick Swayze movies? And so now here we are for boning month, the Valentine's Day episode so I hope you have enjoyed your love making or the love you are about to make as you join us here today, or perhaps are making love right now. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is it. Maybe you've been waiting for a life as a house podcast. Cause that's your kink. And we can finally provide that for you. So you're welcome. You glorious weirdo. Enjoy. Uh, I don't remember who I think Renee, you originally pitched this one, maybe. And Sam, you were excited to do it or it's the other way around? I think I heard Renee mention it on a podcast episode while I was on my extended leave there. And I was like, don't do that one without me because I I have affinity for this movie for sure. Was it this? It was probably the Star Wars episodes, right? Because we would have. Yes, we were talking about Hayden Hayden Christensen. Christensen. And that you named a bunch of your kids after Star Wars unknowingly. (laughs) Yeah, yes, exactly. Very unknowingly, I have three children somewhat affiliated, named with, by Star Wars of whatever. You know what I, I mean, mean? Yoda was on you for not Googling it. The others I get. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think I'm sure I was just trash talking Hayden Christensen being bad in those movies. And you probably referenced, hey, life, he's good in life as a house. And I had never seen it. So mm-hmm. why not? And... I was told beforehand it doesn't really fit in boning month. I hardcore disagree with that, having now seen the movie. I mean, d- does anyone have penet- penetration sex? Do they? Yes. Who? Uh, the mom and the teenager. The yeah. Oh, right. The mom and the teen. I, I keep not thinking about them. Yeah, that's right. They do bone. So it yep. hits the one requirement for boning month for sure. Yes. And We're two love- for two. Yeah, there's love story. Yeah, the there. a big part of it is the the dad winning back his his ex, and the there's some sort almost prostitution, which can be romantic, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> maybe that that's some almost boning. So you got that but going. He's unknowingly, he's unknowingly trying to win back his wife because yeah, I don't think that's what he sets out to build house. No, but it starts to no. happen. And you know, but it's got yeah. 
But I don't think he's like, you know what? Like, let's just start with a spoiler. I'm dying. My last thing I want to do is f- make this woman fall in love with me again so that her heart gets broken again when I die. Like, I think it's more of a, they, they're spending more time together. And the, and the love they had was always there. It wasn't really an intentional, I'm going to win her back right before I die. No, it's not. It's a rekindling through circumstances. But I'm saying romance is there. Mm-hmm. And then a young Ian Somerhalder gives it to Mary Steenburgen. So we got that, who just shows it all, which really I was not expecting. <laughs> when she just hops out of bed bare ass naked and you're like, wow, they're good for you, I guess. <laughs> well done, Mary Steenburgen. Own that shit. Uh, all right, I guess we should set up the plot. Wait, hold so, on. One more to add to that list is that we're, we're not even talking about the Hayden Christensen and Jenna Malone because that, that's another little budding romance. All right, well, now they set don't, up the plot. Yeah. They but don't so much are, have, they don't have penetrative sex, but he does ejaculate on her, so yeah. romance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Leo. now set it up. <laughs> All right. So Kevin Klein plays dad. He has a name. One of you will know it. George. George. God, I should have known that. They say it a lot. Uh, and at the beginning of the movie, he is fired from his job. I don't know how to say, he basically, he's not really an architect. He like sets, he designs the models, like the, the actual I mean, physical models. I that think he is an be- architect. And that, that is part of his process because he's yeah. the outdated process. That's how they used to do things in architecture yeah. before computers. He builds the little... Derek Zoolander's school for children who can't, who want to learn to read good model that we, you know, look at and go, okay, let's make a bigger version of that. Uh, and he's fired at the beginning because he doesn't want to adapt to today's technology, which doesn't really come back into play in the plot, but eh, it's fine. Uh, and on his way out, I guess because he finds out he has cancer after the cops don't bother with this, but he smashes the shit out of everything in that office that he built, which had he not collapsed on the ground in front of the building right after probably would have led to a much bigger problem. So he wakes up in the hospital and he's told, yeah, you have cancer. It's super late stage. There's We're really, not even going to try. Yeah, yeah. There's really nothing we can do for you now, but good news I'm an angel and I can reincarnate you as whatever you want. And he's like, I want to be a house. So she reincarnates him. And then we watch as the remaining years of his, of his next existence play out as a house. And I was surprised that most of the movie is a static shot of a house, not doing anything. I don't think you watched the right movie, Sean. (laughs) I mean, I was also glancing at real estate ads, so they might have just gotten mixed <laughs> in my head. Uh, no, that's not what happens. Surprise, surprise. Uh, knowing he's dying, he's like, you know what? I've always wanted to build a house. I live in this fucking rundown, shitty shed that my dad left for me. So I'm going to tear that shit down and I'm going to build a house. And I'm also going to use that to get back, you know, in good graces and fix my relationship with my, my estranged son, Sam, played by Hayden Christensen, who in the ultimate This Ain't Star Wars is introduced by choking himself and jerking it in an armoire. I don't think he was joking. I, th- I thought that was a suicide attempt. Oh, I thought he was jerking it. No, so... No. I thought okay. that was the whole when autoerotic I... asphyxiation No, thing. no. 
When I first watched this way back in 2001, I think is when it came out. Yep. Yeah, 20th anniversary, not till November, okay. but still same calendar year. So I thought he, it was an attempted suicide. But if you look closely, he he's huffing uh, spray paint. Um, and I think that the whole um, choking thing kind of elevates the high. Huh. I think it's a suicide attempt because when he goes down for breakfast, he says to them, if I, who, if I just like, if you all go to work and do whatever, who's going to be here tonight for the follow through. So I think it, it is a suicide attempt okay. and they're all just being dickheads. So he uh, has his. He's saying that to um, his stepdad who's, who says some rude fucking comment. Right? But I think. Hey, about his eyeliner, I think. Yeah. He's, and he's I, like, go take that off right now. And he's like, and if I don't, who's going to be here this evening for the follow through? Because it's, he's never there. I Yeah, I don't think that's what I th- I t- interpreted that as I just attempted suicide. And who's going to be here tonight when I attempt next? Like, who's going to be here to stop me when I try to commit suicide again? But I don't know. I didn't I, I didn't realize we would get so caught up on this part. Well, because I thought that was a hell of an inch. And then there's a line later when he's talking to Jenna Malone and says, like, do you know how hard it is to sneak away and jerk it in an armoire? But I guess is that no, what he's doing at the dad's? Is, yeah, that's the, in reference to the dad's place because the dad ha- has his toilet in proximity to a kitchen. And his solution to that right. is to take the armoire and put it over the toilet so the okay. toilet doesn't really have a door. So he's been trying to jack off in an armoire. That's yeah. right. Okay. All right. Yeah. I hope you're enjoying our Is this Christensen <laughs> jacking it podcast? Uh, next week will be Shattered Glass. Is he jerking it in Shattered Glass? We'll find out. Um, yeah, so Sam is, I mean, he's rebel. your classic rebel, you know, 2000, well, not rebel, your classic, you know, 2001 no. teenager bumping it to Limp Biscuit. And wearing his eyeliner and, you know, fuck you guys. Yeah, his Marilyn Manson's cover of Sweet Dreams, which also is there to remind us that this is a movie that came out in the early 2000s when it was legally required to play that song. Um, So they're going to... What were you guys like at that age? I was probably... I wasn't quite all Sam, but I had hints of like the like, fuck you guys, like for sure. I realized watching this movie right now, not in previous years, I married him. Like, I don't know. You've met Dylan. <laughs> like Dylan oh. is No, Dylan is Sam in that movie, like so much. And I like I, I can't believe how much I see Dylan in that kid. I'm like, oh, I, I married that kid from that movie I liked when I was that age. Like he was pretty emo, not not as much into the drugs and stuff as Sam was for sure. Like he dabbled, but you know, he was, he was never addicted, which it seems like Sam definitely was, but you know, that like angsty emo teenager, it's my husband. Has he ever jerked it in an armoire? Can we talk about that here? Is he around? He is not around. I will ask him. I'll ask him to email the podcast. (laughs) Yes. Email us uh, at like this podcast, just Dylan. I'm not interested in anyone else. <laughs> Just Dylan. Uh, I mean, that's basically the plot. In the early stages, it w- I even made a note about it. It's like a live-action goofy movie. 
because he's got his big summer plan to go with his friends to a cabin or something, something cool. And then that he finds means- out, actually, no, you're going to go do something with your dad all summer and you're leaving right now. It's like, oh, this is just a goofy movie. The whole cabin thing with friends seemed very Degrassi. Like mm. it was very on point for the time, like for a summer situation. I never had that opportunity. Did any of you guys have rich friends who owned cabins where you could just go and spend the summer there? I, I had a rich friend who had an indoor pool in his fucking house, Whoa. which was incredible. You opened the, the, the door in his bathroom and it was just like walking into a hotel pool. It was fucking what? crazy. But he didn't like invite us to his summer home or anything. We just got to go swim in his pool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, overall, the question about being, like, I remember being angsty, and this movie definitely made me feel like, I don't want teenagers. What are we going to do, guys? Your kids are getting close. Are they going to be angsty? Are they going to hate us? Um, My daughter is already angsty, and she is only going to be 11. Oh, God. Yeah. It's not something I'm looking forward to. And just like, like the mom says, like, what kind of mother can't stand their child? And I'm like, are we going to, are we going to have those conversations? Is that us 10 years from now? Just being like, can't stand them. Remember when they were cute? I called my adorable children nightmares in our oh, last yeah. episode. I literally laughed out loud. I had my earbuds in and Dylan's like, what's so funny? I'm like, oh, you know, Sean and wife are, are debating whether or not their kids are nightmares. <laughs> Answer. Yes. Yeah, I mostly. I call my kids beasts all the time. So. Yeah. And then it's going to get worse. So something to look forward to the teen years. That's true. We got it. Like our biggest problem right now is the baby's getting into coloring and wants someone to color with, and we'll just keep pulling you back to color and you can't get away no matter what is happening. So we should look at that and go, all right, remember like in 12 years, like, well, we found weed in her bedroom. Remember when she just wanted to color a lot? (laughs) Damn I will keep yeah. you guys informed as to how life with a preteen is going forward. I might rather not know. I don't know. <laughs> the thing is, she's pre- she is me. She is she is the spitting image of her father, but her emotional and like brain is all me. And her and her dad fight so hard, and I just have to laugh over in a corner by myself because I feel like (laughs) it's like I I can't fault her for the things that she's doing or saying because I was let's say emotionally repressed like I couldn't talk back to my parents whenever I was younger because I would have gotten a slap and so I was afraid whereas we don't raise her like that and we are raising her with love instead of fear. And so she will literally yell back. And I'm like, oh, good one. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, is there any? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that, I mean, there's all the little subplots. Um, quite a few supporting characters. I was surprised to see some big names and then, then they didn't really play. Like Scott Bakula shows up as the town sheriff and then just disappears until the very end of the movie. 
Uh, so you got, who do you got? Who do we got in our cast of characters? So you got George and Sam, which is kind of the core of the movie as he tries to rebuild his relationship with his son. Uh, you have the neighbors. Ian Summerhalder. Yeah, Ian Summerhalder as Josh. Josh. Yeah, uh, the pimp. The pimp, who at one point Hayden yeah. Christensen is like, what if I just have sex with people for money? But then the cops show up and he bails on that. And I was like, that was a weird little thing to put in the movie. But then it all comes full circle at the end. Where, it does. I mean, again, if you haven't seen Life as a House, maybe stop listening. But the universe has a funny way of making it that maybe the neighbor that's a, being a pain in your ass about the house you're building is also the dude who wanted to fuck you for money. An underage yeah. boy. Crazy how things work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a weird subplot to have, just yeah. in general. I felt like it, it felt kind of out of place, but I think it was maybe meant to show us just how how far down into drugs that, like, he he had gotten to a point now where he's willing to have sex with men for money, even though he is not gay, which we which is kind of, at the beginning, everyone thinks he's gay, mm-hmm. Um but then it like, you know, it comes out that he's not, but he is so deep into this drug addiction that he is willing to let a guy suck him off for money. Yeah. 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 I had almost forgotten that that had happened until the end of the movie when I was like, oh, do you drive a black Lexus? It's like, oh, that was the dude that tried to get with you. Karma. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. You got, okay, so that, that's the asshole neighbor who's sort of the villain of the piece. He doesn't play a huge role. He's just the guy who keeps calling, like, the housing, the city to send a housing inspector to check the house. Uh, you got the good neighbors, the mom, Mary Steenbergen. I don't remember her character's name. I know. What was her name? Uh, Colleen. I'll, yes. ch- I'll choose to trust you on that. I have it up. No, that's, that's definitely right. What's, what was Jenna Malone's character's name? Alyssa. Alyssa. I, lo- I liked her character because I feel like she was confident that in a way that a lot of movies don't let their 16-year-old girls be confident. So yeah. confident that he says, Ian Summerhalder's like, she didn't wouldn't date me until she was 16. And that wasn't even a rule. That was her own thing. And like at a later point, she says she just she decided she doesn't want to shave her arms or pits this whole yeah. summer. Like she just is has such confidence for a 16 year old. Like I, I can't think of anyone like that when I was a teenager. Yeah. I liked that about like, mm-hmm. I liked that character. Like is she at one point just hops naked into the shower with Sam, not for any like, Oh, look at me. We're going to like, she's actually like, no, we're not going to do stuff. I'm just going to shower and get Which the fuck is, out of here. Okay. So let's talk about that because what, what? <laughs> also a fair question. I feel like she's trying to be a bit of a tease to be like, like, yeah, she, they're not going to do anything, but she definitely knows he has a thing for her and she wants him to want her. Right. Like, I don't know. It just felt strange to just hop into the shower with him. And later at like one of the times, because this doesn't happen one time, this happens more than once. Yeah. One of the times they're in the shower together, she's like, I thought you were, weren't into girls and he, you know, references his boner, which obviously. Um, that was a funny line, actually. It's like, are you serious? Look. Like, yeah. 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 Right, right before he uh, ejaculates on her, as you mentioned earlier. 
Um, from making out, it's important to note. I mean, making out naked in the shower when you're a 16 year old boy who That's admits he, he has nowhere to go to jerk off. Come on. Yeah, Come on. that yeah. is very fair. Right? I did. I judged him in the moment, but that is very fair. Right. He's what, seven, yeah. 16 or 17 in this movie. So he's probably yeah. got to jerk it eight times a day to just keep and his brain straight. So And like, he, there's no indication ever that he's not a virgin, right? Like there's no, yeah. we don't see him with other girls or boys for the beginning when we think he's gay. Like there's no reason to think that this isn't just a virgin in the shower naked with a girl. Of course he's going to come. Come on. Yeah. And I do um, like that how well she takes it too. She just kind of laughs and says, oh, she's like, gross. gross. You're cleaning right? the shower. Yeah. yeah. Um... What was I going to say? Um, oh, I want to kind of talk about how the movie portrays him as maybe being gay. And I don't know how I felt about that. I don't know how I felt about it. Like everyone's kind of assuming he's gay. And she said in the shower, she's like, well, I thought it was helping you as if being gay were a problem and exposing him to mm. her nudity was helpful for him to not be gay. Like it's a problem. So I wasn't really a fan of that. There also is a moment where the younger brother um, from the new relationship calls him queer. And the mom's like, what did you just say? And he's like, well, dad said it first. So the stepdad is calling him queer. And like, I, and I mean, maybe it's just very 2001. I don't, at no point is it really stated that it's wrong to be gay. And at one point the dad references Alyssa and he's like, she's, she's pretty, eh? for a girl as if he's like kind of protecting that like maybe he does like not girls but overall I was I was not a huge fan of the comment that I'm helping you as if there's anything wrong with being gay yeah I think that really was very 2001 because I know I had friends in high school who later came out and they waited until after high school to come out because it wasn't accept not not that it wasn't acceptable there were definitely other people who were openly out but it just wasn't easy <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean yeah i went to high school in a small town i can definitely understand the mentality that would make you decide i maybe don't feel great coming yeah. out with this secret mm -hmm. and see i Which went to high bad. school in, i went to high school in the city and it was like that. So I think that's just teenagers are shitty. Maybe they're a little more yeah. open-minded now. Hopefully maybe as a society, we have tried to educate them on this better, but mm -hmm. who knows? You and see I a lot less gay panic in sitcoms and movies now. And I think with the younger brother calling him queer, that's, that's just highlighting how much of a shit that, the stepdad is like his stepdad is like not present and just like kind of gross like the way that he acts with sam and even the way he treats his wife i yeah i was disappointed that he got a redemptive arc like i kind of just felt like that dude we should have just as, as a as a whole decided it's good that he's gone at one point when he vanishes his own son says i don't really care if he ever comes back yeah. So I thought that was it. We've all, and by then the end, he shows up, you know, oh, I'm really sorry. I want to help build the house. And they should be like, fuck off. Get out of here. And throw yeah. rocks at him until he leaves. 
but it's, it's not that kind of movie, Sean. No, it's definitely, it's, it's, <laughs> I hesitate to use the word manipulative, but it's there. I mean, it's the kind of movie where the score is that like soft piano, like you the, uh, telling mm-hmm. you how to feel like this is a sad part. This is a whimsical part. I'm sure if we looked up who did the music for this movie, we would see a lot of like 90s, 2000 dramas and romances where it's like, you know, here's the sad speech part. So it has to be really slow, like ding, 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 ding. Music's like, oh, okay, yeah. Gotcha. Um, So I roped Wayne into watching this with me and he was annoyed at first but when George starts chainsawing through the wall and making like the enclosed toilet area, he's like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, finally, like some action. So he enjoyed the whimsy of like, like where, they're, where George is like, this is what you want. Okay, I'm going to make it happen. And he just goes a little bit crazy. He enjoyed that. It threw me how competent everyone was at building a house. Does it insinuate, I guess, because the dad built where he's living, so there is probably a little bit of background there. I mean, he's an architect, he's an architect right? Oh, God, so you're right, of course. Been on job yeah. sites. And yeah, you mentioned that it doesn't come back, but it, it comes back in two ways. One, he lost his job, so he says he has the severance money, to which will help him to pay for the house. And two, he has all the free time in the world because he doesn't have a job. So that's why he is able to build the house. And also, I think, I mean, picture Habitat for Humanity. There are tasks that come with building a house that an average person could pick up fairly quickly. And that's why things like Habitat for Humanity work. That's true. And I think there's probably like kits, right? Like home building kits, is that a thing? Like here's this the model, you're, the structure you're going to follow and here's everything you need to build this exact model, right? Maybe probably. with tiny homes. Maybe, I, I feel like I that's know. a thing right now with tiny homes. You can probably literally get a kit and just build it yourself. As someone uh, who lives in a home that was probably built in a week and a half. So that would be considered a prefab, but mm. it's usually not in kit form. You usually pay the prefab company to build it, but they're very much like cookie cutter. All Everyone looks the same. Mm-hmm. But my, like Wayne has built pretty much a house, but it was like an addition. Like we doubled the size of our home. And if you're like, it does take a certain level of skill and knowledge mm-hmm. that pretty much, and I'm not going to say pretty much anyone, but like anyone who has basic carpentry skills could get it done. But I think that the architect background comes into like the actual design of the house because he doesn't just build a regular house. Like he Mm -hmm. builds a really nice house. And I think that that's where we really see the architecture piece of it. Because if you were just going to go build a house, you would just build like a normal, like one story bungalow. But he builds like this pretty fantastic house with like multiple angle roof pitches and stuff. So Mm-hmm. And so many windows. It's all windows. So yeah. many windows. Which is like beautiful because it faces out over the ocean. But at the same time, I think that's too in- too many windows for me. Well, you have to clean them all. Yep. And where do you go to hide? Like if you want to get naked. 
armoire. You don't hide. I mean, as as the movie opened with him pissing into the ocean in, in full view of the neighbors, I think uh, okay. he he doesn't care. No, fair. Hey, should we talk about the part where the 16-year-old girl climbs into bed with him and wants to kiss him because she oh, saw his mom yeah. kiss him? Because we didn't even say she used to, he used to date Alyssa's mom. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. And so at one point, Alyssa craw- crawls into bed with him, kisses him on the mouth and says, yeah, I used to see you kissing my mom and you seemed like a good kisser, which is, again, you're super confident for a 16-year-old, but also, ew. Well, yeah. and he's super high on painkillers because of his cancer. So he can't even like move or like make a rational decision to be like, no. Yeah, to be to say, ew, no, you're younger than my son. Well, and I think that they they like try to address that in the dialogue that's happening to make it less icky. Like I almost feel like it was pitched and they were like, well, we can't just have her kiss him and have him be okay with it. So they were like, okay, let's let's add in these pieces where he's like, I'm on so many painkillers right now. I don't know what's happening. And and then she kisses him and she's like, did you feel anything? And he's like, I don't know. There might have been a tongue. Like he just is so out of it. I feel like they're trying to make it more okay by acknowledging that he isn't really in a position to do anything about it. Yeah. It's, it is another one of those. Yeah. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't really come back. She, she does use it to say like, I thought it would be more like when I kissed Sam. So Mm. I think it's like, like she thought of, you know, when he kissed her mom, it looked like he was such a great kisser. And then she's like, no, there's something about Sam and her that is different from when she kisses Ian Summerhalder, when she kisses Sam's dad, which is a weird play on her part. But, you know, she's, she's like hyper curious about everything Mm. like relationship and sexual in nature. Like she's yeah. craning her neck out the window to try and see his dick. And then, uh, you know, she's like. George's dick for the record. Yeah. Pardon? George, oh, yeah, I George. clarified George's dick. And she's like flirting and like, I don't know if she's dating. Ian. Like, I guess she's dating Ian Summerhalder, but it doesn't really go into the fact like, have they had sex? Because from the sounds of it, they haven't. And then she's also like flirting and walking in on Sam. So she's just kind of putting it all out there. Yeah. But not really. And Ian Summerhalder's railing her mom, which is not a great thing for their relationship. I do want to get to that, but I I just want to say on that note, like it's done in a really positive, like I think in a sex positive way, like we're not seeing her and thinking like, what a slut. Like she's so gross. She's trying to go after all these people. It's never, that thought never crossed my mind in how they presented her, which I think is a really positive takeaway. Like she, I think just her overall, even though she made some weird choices, like kissing Sam's dad, like she just, she's a cool character. I feel like, I, it would have been nice to be friends with a girl like that in high school who had that level of confidence, who was explorative and, and not apologetic about it. And like, I don't know, but yes, let's, let's talk about the teenage boy boning the mom. (laughs) Which also doesn't really, it comes back kind of later where Alyssa's like, boy, I wish you weren't having sex with Josh, but they don't ever really fight about it and it's not like the mom ever really gets caught and it's like well that's a weird thing you're doing josh falls off a roof i guess that's karma i don't know yeah but 
I just think in general, like, why is this a plot line that happens all the time? Did anyone, do do you know of anyone who had sex with someone's mom when you were in high school? No. No. Right? But this is such a common plot line. And like then and now, you know, it was in American Pie. I feel like it's in every single, like, there, I'm sure it happened in the OC. I'm sure it's happening in Riverdale or it whatever the new one happened. is. It definitely happened in the OC. It has not happened yet in Riverdale. Yeah. It'll so, get there. Right? But, like, what's with this? Have you Why seen is Veronica's mom? Come on. I don't, I don't, well, I don't know. I'm in Or Betty's mom, even. Three, so. four, and I don't think it's going to happen in Riverdale. I think they have a different pitch. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think, and it's always the typical like divorcee who's like a little bit younger than the other moms, looks a little bit hipper than the other moms. And she always gets like a skeezy guy after her. Like Josh plays this rich guy who looks really prim and proper on the outside, but he's the one farming out prostitutes to the guy who just wants to, suck other guys dicks teen boys dicks yeah so he's actually really gross yeah i yeah. don't know maybe because this was 2001 and american pie was 99 do you think they just looked at it and went man we need a milf thing in here got it teenage boys want a milf give me a milf maybe they needed a reason why like Alyssa goes away from him and goes towards Sam. I don't know, but I just feel like it's something that comes up really often in TV and film, but I have not had that experience. And I don't know anecdotally from anyone that I'm friends with now or was then of that happening. And again, high school in a small town. If one of us was boning someone's mom, we would have known. (laughs) (laughs) That would have made the rounds. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So I can, when it comes out, we should circle back. It comes, so she addresses that with her mom when Sam is staying there because he finds out that George has cancer and he gets really mad and he's like, you tricked me into loving you. And he was super mad at his dad. So he goes and he stays at Alyssa's house and that's, it. it's like, a few days in her Colleen is like, I would really be more comfortable if he stayed in the spare room. And Alyssa's is like, I would really be more comfortable if you didn't sleep with Josh. Yeah. So Sam finds out after his mom finds out. So Robin, mm-hmm. I think she finds out that he's dying. And then Sam's like, why is she sad? And then his dad tells him and he's like, so is this what this summer has been about? Yeah. Which a couple interesting choices overall. One was we don't see him tell his ex-wife that he's dying. I think we just right. we just find that out after. Like that scene isn't in the movie, which is surprising. Not necessarily in a bad way, because I think it's more about him and Sam. So I think it lessens mm-hmm. the impact if he's like, I'm dying. Oh, and also you, I'm dying. It's like, okay. Well, because yeah. she goes into the garage and she kind of makes a pass at him. Yeah. Like they're gonna have sex. Oh, and then Sam walks in on them and he walks, he's like, uh, maybe shut the door. And then he tells her. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, uh, is the right thing to do because up until now he's like, you know, they're kind of flirting. They're having, they've had their talks kind of about like where things went wrong, where things were good. And then she makes a pass at him. It's like, I can't have sex with her without telling her I'm dying, which is so like, I feel like that was the right choice. I think you're right, Sean, that they had to do it so that it like, we just know by the reaction that he's told her as opposed to having him go through that both times with the mom and with Sam. I really liked his approach with Sam. He's like, I'm having a problem with cancer. <laughs> yeah. I like <laughs> that kind too. of a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I had another thought about the, yeah, there is a much shadier version of this movie where they sleep together and he's like, by the way, there's something you should know. Like the 27 dresses problem. Thanks for having sex with me. Here's a huge secret that's going to make you angry. Yeah, it was the right thing to tell her before things got that far. But yeah. And the other one that really surprised me, and again, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers, is we don't see him die. Like there's no, they visit him and and like I kept waiting for the, you know, and I'm kind of happy it didn't happen for my own mental well-being, like the scene where he and Sam have to say goodbye in the hospital, like it just, it isn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He passes alone. Yeah. I don't know if he was alone or if the mom was with him. Is it, isn't it implied that the mom was with him, but Sam was working on the house? I don't remember. I thought it, case, like she came in and found. Yeah. His, the bed was his, done. His, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did it make you cry, Sean? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a fucking course it did. I, yeah. thought I, might cr- I thought I might cry during the episode because I've had a dad who's had a lot of health problems and now I'm also a dad. So this movie, the last 15 minutes, I was just, and I was here alone yeah. uh, in oh my no. house watching this during my lunch. It was like, oh my God. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, the end, like when it kept, I'm actually in date. Like if you're ever this, here's the episode. If you ever had a chance of hearing me get misty when it kept cutting to the, like the him as a child, Sam as a kid. And they're like yeah. laying out in the water. It's like, Oh my God. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, that, it, it got, it got me. Did Marta watch it with you? No. For, she has she seen it. She has seen it before. And for that very reason, she was like, no, you know, that's sad. Right. It's like, yeah, I, I'm, I know I'm ready. And then it was kind of even knowing the whole movie is like he's got cancer. He's not going to survive this movie. A hundred percent, he's not gonna survive this movie. It got me. And I think it's because of the way they handled a lot of that. Instead of having his big like, this is my final moments and here's my big speech. It's like, no, it's more realistic that just things went bad and he passed. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. And then there's a another thing paid off at the very end that I had to take a moment and be like, wait, what is happening? Where earlier in the movie, George tells a story because he tells a lot of stories right. about how yeah. his dad, his dad was also a piece of shit. And we'd find out, and you might have to correct a few details here that the dad was in, drove drunk and caused an mm-hmm. accident that killed like a mom and all of her and- children, except one. I don't think that, I think it just left the daughter who was young at the time, like disabled for life. And they don't say exactly what is wrong, but they just like, you know, left her 
scarred forever without any parent. And I think it was just her, like her and her mom. Oh, okay. In the car. So the so, mom passed away and she survived. Got it. So then at the end of the movie, the house has been gifted to Sam and we see him gifting it to a, a girl in a wheelchair. And it did take me a few seconds to be like, wait a second, who is this? What is happening? Oh, because then like I had subtitles on and thank God, because it, otherwise I wouldn't have heard it. it he actually says yeah. like, I know that there was an accident. It's like, oh, right. Okay. Yes. I remember that now. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely a moment of who is he giving this house to? I remember the, in my first viewing being like disappointed that he gave the house away. And I, I still don't know how I feel about it because like they built that together when he was dying. And it was, it, it feels like one of those things, like it was probably the right thing to do, but at the same time, like, I don't know what, like but- what is he going to do with that house though he's well the mom says rent it out yeah and yeah yeah Yeah, i know but it just it shows his growth yeah yeah two months ago sam would have been selling it for money for more drugs that's Mm -hmm. true and so it shows how much he's grown through that experience and he wants to do good the way that spending time with his dad did him good Yep. You sold me. Because I had mixed thoughts too, because the mom even says, this isn't what he put in his will. Like, this Mm -hmm. wasn't his. He's like, nah, I think this is what he would have wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know what you mean, though. It's like, it's hard to swallow because knowing real estate, like he doesn't understand the value of what he's just done, but Mm -hmm. like the value that he's taking away from himself. But what we need to realize is like, even if he doesn't understand the value of what he's taken away from himself, like the value of what he's given to that person mm-hmm. is tenfold because yeah. he's making her life better. And that, and that's also yeah. making him feel better. Um, and just for context too, when he goes to give her the house, she's living in a trailer. Yeah. Like she, yeah, they go to the trailer park and that's when he meets her and it's like, okay, she's like, she definitely has the need for a house. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we think the mom and the stepdad got back together? It kind of hints I, that yeah. maybe, but she also tells him pretty straight up, like, don't forget, I fell back in love with my ex. Yeah, so. I think I think that they kind of set it up like they were going to get back together. And, like, and I think that this movie has so much growth. Like, all the characters or most of the characters in this movie grow a lot. And so to then just like shut down that one guy and his potential for growth wouldn't fit. But at the same time, like if she didn't go running back into his arms, she mm-hmm. was like, yeah, like, you know, it's going to take yeah. some work. I fell back in love with George. I, you know, don't want a husband who is a dickhead, yeah, but I had didn't... a question on him. And in general, why is it that, movies always portray blended blended families as a negative like so much more often than you see like a positive situation where someone comes from divorce like there's the actual negativity in the house when he you know he's calling him queer and he's like oh like this teenage boy wearing makeup in my house like what's going on but then just like in general sam seems so broken and it, it seems like literally the only thing that would lead him to have become broken is 
the divorce, right? Like, yeah. you know, they seem to have money. Money doesn't seem to be an issue. They, they love him. Both parents love him. And he was raised with love, even if they weren't together. And I think it's just like, it's really unfortunate that they, you just don't see a lot of positive portrayals of blended families. Yeah. The one example that stands out and these will be, I imagine we'll probably do an episode about this eventually. So these might be repetitive thoughts is Mrs. Doubtfire where Pierce Brosnan is the stepdad who loves the children, the children like him. And at the end, it sort of establishes like, look, sometimes it doesn't, you know, make sense for these two people to be together, but things are going to be okay and everything's good. Maybe. Is that not quite what you meant? I, I mean, I didn't take that away from Mrs. Doubtfire when you say that. I, I kind of, well, I mean, from Robin Williams' perspective, he's like, that guy's a tool and not very positive. Yeah. Like, in the I, context like, of the movie, you wait for yeah. the reveal like that this movie, the yeah. stepdad, is a fucking dickhead. But in Mrs. Doubtfire, it never comes. Mm-hmm. Like, he is consistent. Like, you overhear the phone call, and typically the phone call would be him going, I'm going to send these little shits to boarding school. But the phone call is him saying, I adore these children, and I love this woman, yeah. and I'm happy, and fuck you. Do they he, end uh, up together in Mrs. Doubtfire? No, the, no, at the end, she's still no. with Pierce Brosnan, because yeah. Robin Williams is a fucking maniac who's not good for her. Yeah. The other example of a positive blended family would be Cheaper by the Dozen. I've never seen it, I'm realizing. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Oh, is it? it, it Maybe it, wait a minute. It might not be Cheaper by the Dozen. I didn't know they were blended. I thought they were around the same time that had a few big families. Oh, is that Dennis Quaid one that's a meme, yours, mine, and ours? Yes. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. That's the one. Okay. I did I don't see think I that, saw one, that one, but I do not remember anything about it. Yeah. Yours, mine, and ours. You're right. Um, and it's a positive blended mm-hmm. family. But at the same time, it's a quirky movie. It's not like, it's not a drama, right? Yeah. Whereas I feel like yeah. with the drama, if it's a blended family, they're going to portray like the downside of a blended family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't even discuss the two. I mean, we discussed a couple of them, but two of the bigger dickhead things that the stepdad does. But one point she just asks him about calling his sons in and just giving them a hug. Like, what would that make you? And he's like, that would make me you. It's like, oh, you fucking dick. Oh, (laughs) my God. And then there's one later where they're in a fight and he basically ends up by saying, like, I'll be in the bedroom waiting for you. You're going to come give me that ass like a good wife or something like that. I don't remember, but he definitely ends a fight with like, I'm going to go wait for you in the bedroom. And then she's like, okay, cool. You can keep waiting. I don't know that he meant like, I'll be in the bedroom, like waiting for you to come bone me. I think he was just like, I'll be in the bedroom when you're calmed down and ready to talk more. It was definitely more like that. When you're feeling a little more level headed, I'll be waiting for you in here. It's like, well, because mm. that's when he's like, you're spending a lot of time over at that guy's house who you divorced and then you married me, but yet you're over there all the time. What the fuck? Like I was off work today and where the hell were you? And it's like, I'll, you know, I'm going to go to bed. Because I don't want to look, I don't want to stand here. And if you want to be civil and come to bed, then fine. 
I didn't necessarily take it as. Yeah, maybe I would have found yeah. his character more interesting if they had made him more sympathetic and just, you know, hey, I am actually a, like coming from a place of concern of you spending time over there because I really I like you. you. <laughs> yeah, and should I be worried versus I'm a prick and I kind of had this coming. Yeah. Your classic stepdad. Yeah. But then you get, you know, then you have the liar, liar situation where at the end you're like, wow, I kind of feel bad for the stepdad. So who knows? Maybe it's just easier to make him a dick. I personally don't have any more notes. Mine ended when Mary Steenburgen was naked. (laughs) (laughs) And then from that on, it was just about finding windows where I could actually watch the movie. Mm. Um, I don't think I have anything else that I wanted to talk about. Although I did want to acknowledge that now I'm watching for lines because I feel like you've been really like, we, we need to have lines to go out on. <laughs> so I'm prepared. When oh, good. Out this <laughs> Cause I am not so excellent. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be the onus on the guests going forward is to please find us a, a subject related closing line. Versus oh, yeah. the the one the other night where we were just like, oh my god, it's eleven oh two. Shut this fucking thing off. Let's go to sleep. But let's really let's watch Wandavision and then go to sleep. So I own this DVD. I'm going to talk about whether or not I still like it or not. I own it because <laughs> as a 2001 college student, I really liked it, and I was angsty. I wasn't angsty to the point of Hayden Christensen's character but I really appreciated his character. Mm-hmm. Hence why I named my first son Hayden. Cause I thought I'm like, I really like this actor. He's amazing. But now rewatching it as an adult, like it was good, but I don't relate to that character anymore. I don't even know what character I relate to. Um, and I was just like, yeah, it's an okay movie. I don't know if I'll rewatch it again now. Oh, I know. Interesting. I so, I did not expect that. So I know. For me, I would say very similar. Like I first watched it in high school. I own the DVD. It's always nice when we do episodes where it's like actually I own the DVD. It's not even like one that Dylan had. Like Bill and Ted was in our collection, but this one is like mine. I think the last one we did that I had it was a uh, When Harry Met Sally. Um, which but is I, like two and a half years ago. So. I know, I know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have nostalgia for it for sure. I still remember a lot of it. I still, it still gets me. Like it for a while, it was like my my crying movie. Like if I was just in the mood to cry and I just was like alone and just like needed a good cry, I would put this on and like just be like, oh my goodness, I love it. Um, I still, like, I don't think I'll revisit it for a while, but I, I will probably rewatch it. I, I do like it. I think it'll be a good one to watch as the kids get older, as a reminder of how real that angst is when you're a teenager. I think it did a really good job of, of just, like, representing how hard it is. And it's so funny now to look back at, like, how strongly I felt things as a teenager and how things could feel like the end of the world. And now it's like, oh, man, I was so dumb. Like, (laughs) I was so young and dumb, but everything felt so, 
so much bigger than it was in the grand scheme of things. So I think it's, it's a good reminder of that stage and how strongly things affect you at that stage. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I liked it. I, um, when I, when my oldest daughter is like reacting to stuff, she has really big emotions for things that are not a big deal. And I constantly have to remind myself and I try to like empathetically tell her, like, you will learn that there are greater troubles in life, but my, Mm -hmm. my crying movie. And I believe it still is, is, um, a walk to remember. Oh yes. That one overtake. Well, I know I said, and Sean was like, fuck no. (laughs) Oh no, 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 no. You were pitching episodes for me to do with my wife. And you said walk to remember. Um, And I was like, absolutely not. She remembers that too well. Um, I guess it must've been Sam. I said it too, because you had both suggested it. So whoever said it second, I was like, oh, the other person said that too. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm up for that episode. I remember liking it. Do they bone? No, it's it's fine. We've got Uh, boning month all figured out, I think. Yeah. I think they do because they get, well, have you seen it, Sean? They tie the knot. So I think there's implications of boning, if not actual boning. For sure. I missed like five seconds of what you said there because my headphones became disconnected, but I came back to boning. So I'm with you. I'm with it. Mandy. More. Mandy. Mandy. I'm trying to. Mandy Moore. (laughs) Has she done enough for. Probably. Walk to remember. Saved. How yeah. to deal? How to what? What is that? Yeah. Oh. What is oh. how did what is that movie? It is, it's amazing. Um, there's definitely another one. Is that the one where like the the role of the mom comes into play a lot, and she has sisters? Because there's one like that for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. how to do. Tangled. To do. Maybe. <sighs> no, that's. I think think this would be a stretch, but no, you'd have to do um, one of her CDs. Yes, yes. (laughs) Let's revisit Mandy Moore music. Yeah, play the first Kingdom Hearts. I don't know what she was in the. She has a voice in the Kingdom Hearts video game. Liberty. (laughs) I've seen Mm -hmm. that. No, License to Wed. We already shit talked on the last episode, so that's a no. Oh, that's a good one, too. No, it is not. That's another yes, movie where Robin Williams should be told to fuck off far earlier than he is. Rest in peace, well, Robin Williams, obviously. But his character in that movie is the worst. Well, a walk to remember how to deal chasing liberty and saved. There you go. That's a stretch. If we just okay. have to do Nicholas Sparks month, I might be more up for that. Ooh, yes, that should definitely be a month. I mean, we've already done the notebook, though. So at this point, we're just kind of picking oh my through goodness. his, his But leaving. he has so many. There's so many that oh. we could fill out a month for sure. There was a quiz, and it was which author has had the most of their works adapted into film. And it was it was like him, Stephen King, and like, uh, who's the courtroom guy? John Grisham. Oh, yeah. And, we're, and so, we picked Nicholas Sparks third, because it's like, it's got to be one of the other two. Nope. There's lots, but... Best of Me has to be the worst Nicholas Sparks to movie film adaptation. Is that the Zac Efron one? No, 
That is the, um, oh, what's his name? Is that the lucky one? Yeah. Mm. We're not the off to a good start. Zac- <laughs> the lucky one is Zach Efron. The best of me is James Marsden. Oh, of course, it's oh. James Marsden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you say what your thoughts are, Sean? I didn't. Um, I liked it as a first time viewing. I, I do think it was a bit, I still don't know if I want to use the word manipulative. Cloying? Is that the word I want? Definitely very like, look, here's how you should feel. and We're going to make you feel that way. And we're going to do whatever it fucking takes. Uh, but I mean, it works. And I think, like I said, it, it hit me. Yes, I remember I used to be that teenager. So at the start of the movie, I was like, I don't want to see this fucking kid because I remember I kept a live journal. And if I read it now, I'd probably fucking kill myself because <laughs> I don't want to ever see like, oh, my God, what is wrong with you? Stop. But, you know, it hit that, you know, as now it's got all the dad stuff in it as someone who is now a dad and also as mm-hmm. someone who, like I said, has had a lot of close and scary health situations with his own father. A lot of it, and especially the end, like really hit Or you know, at one point my dad texted me asking about a crossword puzzle clue and it almost was like, the answer is Wonder Woman and I love you so goddamn much. <laughs> So yeah, and I, it, I, I didn't feel its length, which actually, again, coming off of Twenty Seven Dresses, is the biggest compliment I feel I can give a movie these days. Because mm-hmm. as my wife pointed out on my comment, a lot of the time is, oh, it's too long. Movie's too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, and again, it probably helps. I did watch it in over two periods of time, but at no point did I ever bring it up and go like, Jesus Christ, there's forty minutes left in this. How was that? If anything, I was like, wow, I'm kind of surprised we're winding down. <laughs> when he when he collapsed to the floor, I was like, oh, shit, I guess this is it. <laughs> Am I going to rewatch it? I I mean, at this age, I don't think I necessarily need a good cry movie. <laughs> so maybe not. I own it now. It's in my digital library next to Little Nicky and Murder by Numbers. <laughs> so the options there. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was surprised. As someone who was admittedly not all that excited about this episode, I came away surprised. Well, that's fun. I'm happy. Me too. I, I see now why it was a popular rental back in my video store days. I figured out Nicholas Sparks month. July Sparks. That's not, that doesn't sound July like Nicholas. 1st? What? No, but like July 1st. Oh, like fireworks? Fireworks. That's too much thinking. It's <laughs> got to be just January where you say it and go, I know what he's doing. Uh, okay, never mind then. September lock was like even a stretch mm-hmm. for wordplay. Disaspral. So, disaspral. Disaspral. <laughs> and I don't know if that's official yet, but it's probably going to happen now because I've said it too many times. Why? What's disaspral? All disaster movies in April. Oh, I see. We'll we'll have to see, but it covers two things that have been on the list for a while. If we do disasteral, <laughs> so oh uh, God, what's everyone currently enjoying? I need time to think. Having just done an episode two days ago, where I struggled to think of something. 
I just started watching a Netflix show called Feel Good. Um, and it's pretty decent. It's, uh, now I'm going to forget her name. Her character name is Mae Martin. And her real name is definitely Mae. But I don't know. I don't know what her last name is. It might be Martin. It might not be. Um, she's a Canadian comedian and she's living in the UK and she's just like doing her comedy thing and falling in love with uh, her girlfriend and just doing all that. And then they throw in the fact that she is also a recovery addict as a surprise for the audience and her girlfriend. Um, so it's, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Aziz Ansari show, like, because it has, it builds in the comedy and or comedian aspect. So you can see that it's like partially true story, a little bit of playing around with that. Um, but it's, it's been pretty good. It's short. It's only six episodes. So I'm halfway through, but I'm enjoying that. Cool. Um, I am still watching the crown and it's okay. And I am reading The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark mm. Manson. It's pretty good. So I'm enjoying that, I guess. I don't know. Everything is kind of the same as the last time I recorded. I started watching Gilmore Girls all over again. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I mean, for us, my wife's been busy in the evenings lately with work. So we haven't had our... Haven't really been watching anything. We've kept up with WandaVision. I still think that show is fantastic. So it, it might just be another. If you aren't watching WandaVision yet, please do. The what is that on? Disney Plus. So okay. if you're not up on your Marvel, it is probably just going to be a whole lot of nonsense. <laughs> but the uh, for their first foray into the Disney Plus scripted series, man. It is, it kind of makes me wish that it was bingeable because every episode ends with like, God damn it, no, I can't wait a week. <laughs> we are waiting. We haven't started it, but it, like we will, but I think we'll wait until it's all available. It's real good. Uh, but, uh, you know, that week in between does let you kind of go online and be like, what do you guys, what do you guys think that was all about? And it, it reminds me of Lost. Yeah. That was one of my favorite things about Lost is something would happen in an episode. You'd be like, holy shit, that's crazy. What does it mean? And you'd go on the internet and be like, what do you guys think that was? And I, I loved that about Lost. So it's probably still WandaVision. My wife falls asleep to the Big Bang Theory and that show's fucking trash. So it's kind of all we got going on in this house. <laughs> also, you mentioned Gilmore Girls. I had not listened all the way through to Wong Fu when you mentioned it on the Dirty Dancing episode. So I feel like I didn't react well enough to you bringing it back up because I didn't have context for it. But when I listened to that episode, I was like, oh crap, I should have been more into this discussion on the Dirty Dancing episode. I just hadn't gotten that far yet. So it yeah. was like Gilmore Girls and they do oh, have stars hollow, just like, yeah. Yeah. Dancing in the square. Mm-hmm. All right. Stay tuned for our Gilmore Girls episode. Never. <laughs> I want to know if you want, what what kind of uh, uh, line do you want for going out? Do you want well, let me say my whole line? Let me, you got to say, I got to say my end stuff first. I, I know, but give me, do, so tell me what, what, what area I should be in of, of my quotes. Should I be in a, in a dark place? No. Or should I be in kind of, okay. 
All right, I got it. We want to leave people feeling happy. Remember, this is going live on Valentine's Day. All right, so I should not use, you haven't been happy in 10 years? No, we want to end it in a way that people are like, that was nice, take your clothes off. That's the (laughs) mood I'm looking for. But first, thank you to Tev Sound for the theme song. Uh, Thank you to, of course, Renee and uh, OG Sam for joining me here today for the... Like, we're so close to the end, we might actually pull this off, our long-delayed Life as a House episode. Uh, you can follow us on the Twitters and on the Facebooks and on the Instagrams, and I th- think that's it. Uh, my microphone broke. Throw some money on our Patreon so I can buy a decent microphone. Um, and review and give us the stars. I've noticed episode numbers are creeping up, so if you're new to the show, I don't know how you found us, but thank you. And, you know, spread the spread the good word, because sometimes we spend two hours watching 27 dresses on a fucking Saturday in our only (laughs) free time. So that's worthy of a five star, a little five star love, I think. Um, And now and now Sam's going to take us out with an, an amazing life as a house quote. Mind your own fucking business. Yes. Yeah. For all those things nostalgic, I ask, so do we sit like this?